Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, good morning, good Saturday. It's a beautiful day, a little bit of peaceful weather. Well, for a moment anyway, just <sighs> take the ride when you can get it. Yes, indeed. This is the KMOX Helitech Home Improvement Show. Scott Mosby here at the microphone. Two full hours today when we go up to 1 o'clock with the business of family business. After that, the Ameren Total Access pregame show. Cards coming up here on KMOX. Go Cards. Yep, we are part of Cardinal Nation here. We are together. KMOX, Cardinals, baseball town. Yeah, baby. And let's just win. That What a concept. Yeah, yeah. Well, the Cardinals are busy uh, doing their thing. And yet, as we go home, maybe that house, apartment, place is pretty warm. Yeah, it, it is the actual summer as of June 21st. Summer solstice occurred. We are now officially, as today, June 23rd, two days into real live summertime. Um, so I guess you just turned your air conditioner on a couple days ago. What? No? No? Well, maybe a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what happened in the Mosby hut. It, by golly, it... Uh, Oh, spring just spring was I think I think they dropped a few letters in the word spring. I think it was SPG. They missed the RIN part. It just it was gone. We went right into the heat. Air conditioning time. I hope you're changing your furnace filters. Uh, that's the air conditioner. Any air that blows through your home is designed to go through that filter. The more air that it catches, like it's supposed to, designed to do exactly that. The more efficient your filter is the less air goes through it and the more often you have to change your filter out. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when you get into, especially for me around my house in the spring and the fall, I like to open my windows. That brings in the pollen, the dust and all the stuff flying around on Mother Nature's trees and, you know, landscape, all of that. And the furnace filter plugs up quickly. So if you have opened your windows or even if you haven't, sometimes as you change seasons, just, just take a peek at it. Make sure that you're getting the arrow in the airflow point. So generally the arrow will point toward the furnace motor itself. When you pull that filter out, it'll say direction of airflow. There will be an arrow on a uh, cardboard membrane, you know, standard furnace filter, whether it's one inches or three inches or four inches wide, whether depending on what what element you have for replacement, but there's an arrow. And really the return air is usually the big, tall thing that comes, the biggest ductwork you see on the side of the furnace. Most furnaces are upflow, which means all that stuff goes up on the supply. Anyway, supply it, uh, suffice it to say that that arrow points toward the furnace blower motor. How's that? Uh, we have phone lines open. For you, 10 of them, 314-436-7900, toll-free anywhere on the planet at 800-925-1120. Two full hours today, lots to talk about, great events here in the middle part of the country. Some of them actually storm-related. We're getting intermittent uh, flash flood rainfall. I mean like deluge stuff, cats and dogs falling out of the sky. My golly. And then it goes into... Peaceful, quiet, dry, sunshine, um, sometimes, um, yeah, rainbows. Well, anyway, 
Give us a call, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925-1120. I'm sure you've got questions about your air conditioner. Questions, perhaps, about changing light bulbs. When it gets pretty hot, I tend to hang around the inside of the house a little bit. I'm an outside guy for sure. But, you know, it gets pretty warm. I tend to hang out inside the house, and I look for, you know, things to fix. I get a little bored every now and again, and I'll upgrade or update my light bulbs from an incandescent, uh, and and really incandescent, basically any light bulb that you put your hand on, and it's hot to the touch, not just warm, but hot. That's uh, Heat is a byproduct of an inefficient light bulb. Let me say that again. Heat is a byproduct of an inefficient light bulb. That's kind of a gross generalization, but the more heat that is created, the less light. So think of it that if you're getting 100% light out of that energy electrical current coming in, then you'll get pure light and no heat. Yeah, sounds really good, but that's not really the way alternating current works. So you're going to get some heat. If you have a really hot light bulb, Think about that. This time of year, you're creating heat at the light bulb, which then you then have to spend more money with your air conditioner load uh, and air condition that heat away from the bulb. So that's why the LED, the CFL, LED light emitting diode, which means a glowing electronic thing, CFL compact fluorescent light bulb, which is glowing gas inside of a tube, Uh, And then you've got some halogens, which are also very, very hot, but much more efficient anyway than in. Anyway, um, get the new bulbs in, run around, get them changed. If you change them all in your house at one time, it's a big dollar deal. However, you will get a good return on that investment. Phone lines 314-436-7900, toll free 800-925-1120. Let's fire up, get right to the phone lines and start with John. Hey, John, good morning, Scott Mosby. How can I help? Thanks, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. What do you What do you think is more effective? A uh, dehumidifier that's on the furnace that can do the whole house, or one that you roll around in your basement? Um, how bad is it in your house for dehumidification? How um, wet? Not bad. The basement, you know, it kind of gets that musty smell until you turn the dehumidifier on, and it clears up. Well, the the problem with this, John, is does your ductwork actually move the air? Your your air conditioner is a dehumidifier. Um, the best one is going to be ductwork mounted, but if you don't have the ductwork running to your f- basement, you're not going to inhale, dry the air, and blow it back out in the basement. You're pretty much going to blow it around in the main part of your house. So there is ductwork in the basement. With the, you know, you can open the registers down there. Honestly, you shouldn't need a dehumidifier for summertime unless you've got an inordinate source of humidity. Uh, wh- what's your uh, meter reading in the basement there? Relative humidity. I'd, it's uh, probably. Uh, well, I know the temperature down there was like 77 degrees. Can you smell the humidity? Is it? Can you feel that close St. Louis feeling? Kind of, kind of feel it, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a telltale for us old St. Louisans, Midwesters. Um, I would run either a local dehumidifier or a central mounted one. The problem with the central, it's a better unit, costs a lot more, has a whole lot more capacity, but you probably don't need it upstairs. The rest of your house is probably being pretty decently served. Yeah, it's only a ranch house, so it's a... You don't, you don't, you know, you don't feel it too bad up there. But when you do, do go down the basement, so you think a rollabout one is that? Yeah, two hundred bucks for worth versus two thousand bucks. You know, I'd go for yeah. the two hundred. You know, before I go nuclear, I think I'd try the. You know, the. I mean, it's got its own control. It's a separately handled the basement. You know, there's some advantages. Yeah. 
So yeah, we were we were looking into that April Air model. You know, with that uh, filter in there, that April Air uh-huh. that attaches to the furnace. But boy, that seems kind of expensive. And then you got to cut that big hole in the side of the ductwork. We're just not sure. Now hang hang on a minute here, John. That is a humidifier. That yeah, that's right. Yeah, that makes the air wet, and in summertime, you want to make the air dry. Yes. So, so we need a dehumidifier. Yeah, if you go a, a centrally ducted dehumidifier, you're thousands of dollars because you, yeah. you're, you're going nuclear already. Yeah, and the other way, with that humidifier, I mean, the humidifier for the wintertime, the water's, you know, running, so yeah. Yeah. we don't know. But, yeah, gee, thanks for your help. I think I'm going to try the, uh, the inexpensive way first and then see how we get along. Yeah, I'll tell you what, John, uh, invest, pay attention in how you're going to get rid of the water, whether you want a big hose dragging all the way across to the drain or whether you need a pump in that dehumidifier to empty that tank, all that stuff. It's pretty close to the uh, floor drain, so we're just going to run a short little piece of hose and take our chances. Yeah, now, if you have trouble and it doesn't fully work, put a fan in there because you need all that air to move past that new dehumidifier. I think you're going to be pretty successful with this. Yeah, but it should it go off and on when it's... Yes. You know, should it go off and on periodically? Yeah, yeah. When it it gets most of the humidity out, it'll go off and on? Yeah, but in the summertime, it'll run a lot, and in the wintertime, it'll almost be completely quiet. Yeah, the ones we looked at, it's some a continuous run where you set the thing for a run, and then others had it where you set the comfort level for you. Yeah, don't run a continuous run the comfort level and, and try and get that relative. All righty. Gee, thanks a lot. Okay, John, take care. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Cam Wex. Stay tuned. So much more. We're just getting started. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Scott Mosby in my 21st year on KMOX. Very happy to be part of the KMOX family. Always, it's truly an icon of the community. Goes all the way back to the 1920s. Uh, I don't. I'm not that smart, although I'd love to have that much information with me. That'd be pretty dandy. I could really share it with you. If you've got that little question about that thing in your house, maybe it's a lock on a door, a deadbolt, threshold. How do I adjust that threshold? A storm window that isn't working. Perhaps glass questions you're facing in terms terms of what's this kind of glass, what's that kind of glass, window blinds as well, paint color choices, how to coordinate, and types of floors. Uh, Yeah, my day job is Mosby Building Arts. We are licensed architects. We get deeply involved and go visiting to the actual supply houses because you can't really have all of it in a showroom indeed. So we have to go there where everything is shown, and we actually steward you through. So I have people that are product specialists, certified kitchen and bath designers, licensed architects, all sorts of things. Uh, And we have every uh, really professional designation or certification, as you can imagine. Uh, We are design-build. So the point being is I've got a lot of people keeping me sharp here for this KMOX Home Improvement Show, and Helitech is is proud to sponsor the show so that I bring this information to you. There we go. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Let's start up, see what's happening with Dan. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Welcome to CamWex. How can I help, sir? Hi, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, good morning. Uh, my question uh, revolves around uh, window installation. Had some new windows put in, and they use the uh, uh, aluminum wrap on the outside, which is you know real common to cover up the old wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but after after a few years, and it's an all brick home. Uh, after a few years, that oxidation on that white uh, aluminum wrap, you know, kind of you know you you've seen it on these houses where it goes down onto the brick. It kind of uh, turns that yeah. um, window sill on the outside a little bit white, and it kind of 
runs down a little bit. I mean, the aluminum is still in really good shape, and it's still white. You know, there's no uh, noticeable thing on the uh, on the aluminum. Is there a way to remove those white stains on the brick and on the mortar? Uh, it's very difficult. Number one, Dan, it's not always the aluminum that is providing the white. Very often, at least half the time, it's moisture getting behind that aluminum, and that could be paint dripping from behind the aluminum. So uh, it can be oxidation from the actual paint underneath that. Um, so don't don't miss that opportunity. And if that's the case, you need to be aware uh, with how that uh, caulking is installed on that, uh, what we call the metal wrap or brake metal, B-R-A-K-E, you know, because that's the tool that bends that metal, the brake metal on the outside. So be aware where it comes from. It may not be um, primarily from that aluminum. It could be regular paint. Um, And as such, the first first way to go at that is really with soap and water, just a good old, think of cleaning your car and think of that as the stuff from your brakes on the wheels. Have you ever cleaned your car with that? Yes. Yeah, you have to go nuclear on those wheels without messing with your wheels. Well, same kind of stuff. So do the soap and water, which is an emulsifier. Get Scrub it. You'll need a heavy uh, bristle brush, uh, sometimes some wire brush with the detergent. Don't get too aggressive on that because you can actually abrade or wear the surface right. off your brick. Um, is okay. it used brick or is it a, a newly fired brick? You know no, what? no, no. This is the houses from 1936. Okay. All right. Well, that's probably decent brick uh, if it's newer than that. Anyway, um, I think you can scrub that brick pretty good, but your brick will soak up that water because it only takes about 20 seconds for water to go through brick. So it is mm-hmm. a very porous material. After that, okay. I would do something. And, and how, how much surface area do you have of this, Dan? Uh, well, it's, it's under pretty much every window yeah. um, that, they re- that they replaced. Uh, you know, and it's it's not very unsightly, but you can you know you can definitely see it. And I yeah. I look around the neighborhood, and the folks with the newer windows, they all seem to be in the same boat that I am. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are different qualities of brake metal too, so I'll tell you that yeah. some some go chalking oxidized sooner than uh, 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 suffice now the next step on this uh, is to go to simple retail uh, paint remover things uh, things like a goof off. Uh-huh. Uh, um, there's a crud cutter, K-R-U-D, which is very effective. And these are what painters use to scrub. You know, for example, when you get new gutters put on the house, you wind up with these mm-hmm. streaks on those pre-finished gutters. That crud cutter, K-R-U-D, K-U-T-T-E-R, that stuff scrubs really good on there. But the uh, the goof-off, G-O-O-F-O-F-F, that's a, now you're getting into chemicals. Um, and okay. that you can pretty much put on the brick, and now you're going to, you know, suds that back off as well. The, the bottom line is your brick is so porous, you're not cleaning the stuff off the surface of the brick. You're cleaning it off about an eighth of an inch deep. Um, gotcha. So you're, you're now into, uh, if you really want to get to it, you're going to use a poultice just like drawing infection out of a wound on your hand or body, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and you can go to some of the stone countertop supply houses, uh, the okay. people that t- sell that stone or fabricate it, and they will have things for drawing stains out of the stone. That's the most effective stuff, but you're getting into some pretty pricey stuff. And, okay. and, and once you do that... Uh, and you get it to the point that it's pretty clean and you have to let it dry it for two, three weeks. You'll let it go through some weather to decide whether it's good enough. You seal your brick because what that does okay. is the new stain will still come, but it'll stay on the top surface of the brick. 
Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll go. We'll try the the soap and water, like you said, with a scrub brush, and uh, and then uh, progress from there if we need to. Yeah, I do soap and water a couple of times uh, because sometimes it's just surface um, module or nodules sitting on the brick, and I do that twice, and then you're going to have to let it go because the water will dilute the solvent in the goof off. So detergent, crud cutter, a couple of times, rinse it, see what it's like for a few days, come back with that kind of goof off, and then you're into paint stripper, and that I don't advise for do-it-yourself at all. Now you're, you know, you're messing around with nasty stuff. Right. Well, okay. we'll give it a shot. I appreciate your insight. All right, Dan, you'll be able to improve it a lot more. I mean, you'd be surprised how good you can get it, but getting it all, you know, it's like a stain on a new concrete driveway. Ooh, Mother Nature gotcha. may be the only long-term solution. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right Thanks, on. Scott. I appreciate it. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Dan. Bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, Cam Wex, Scott Mosby. We've got lots of things happening here. Uh, you, you know, uh, you are welcome to check out callmosby.com. We've got a website. The reason I invite you is there is a gourmet kitchen seminar coming up in the middle of July on a Saturday morning, 1030 to the MAC West. That's July 14th coming up here in about three weeks. And that's in De Pair, or in De Pair right there at the MAC uh, Missouri Athletic Club, or you, you know it as the MAC, but it's Dream Kitchen. Is your dream kitchen a Michelin star chef would envy? So that's the kind of topic you can get into. If you're uh, Also coming up then in September is a custom bathroom seminar, and then October goes to lower levels. You can find out more at seminars on mosbybuildingarts.com or call Mosby, whichever one you can remember. KMOX, phone lines open for you, 314-436-7900, toll-free, 800-925. Uh, you know it, 1120. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, Home Improvement, KMOX. This is the Helitech Home Improvement Show at your service. Scott Mosby, 50,000 watts. We have so many things here just ready to help you with. Uh, I've been in the industry, golly, all my life. I grew up with a hammer in my hand. I have two older sisters, did as well. A younger brother who builds stuff on theatrical sets. So all of us are busy building something somewhere, at least most of our you know, childhood was spent building forts or good night. I mean, all the stuff, you know, I was 12 years old before I realized that not every family had power saws, extension cords, saw horses, lumber, you know, stuff like that. Just hang, you know, in the backyard, you know, I went to, you know, I started having kids over to my house. It's like, you don't, you don't have power saws. Oh, do you have a jackhammer? Well, you know, how do you build a fort? Do you have a lot next door with nothing? Oh, no. So we were just really fortunate to grow up knowing how buildings and structures go together. And, you know, my father had his office in the home. So from a very young age, I got to see what my dad did, how he went about it, put it, you know, the large, large sets of plans uh, as he would take off the building materials and do the uh, labor estimates uh, later on in his career. Um, he was drawing and had uh, draftsmen in the office to do the design. Very early on in the 70s, he was design-build before there was such a thing really as design-build. Now at Mosby Building Arts, everybody is licensed in that specialty as well. So we are a full architectural firm, you know, a little bit more 
uh, further down the line than my father, but still the same vision of Sam Mosby, the guy that started all this stuff. Um, and it's just kind of fun. I mean, when you do everything from beginning to end, you have control over it slash responsibility. If you're trained and ready for it and you love this stuff, it's, you know, the control is a nice thing because the responsibility is, you know, just don't think about it. You just want to do it right and you have the ability to. Uh, if you don't have the training, then that responsibility can be a crushing problem and, uh, you know, bad for your reputation. So anyway, that's where Mosby Building Arts comes from. Let's see what's cooking here with Sandy. Hey, Sandy, good morning. How may I help you, my friend? Hi. Um, a few years ago, we tore out a shower and replaced it with ceramic tile. And about a year ago, I noticed that there's mold on the grout at the base where it meets the floor. Um, we called the contractor. He came out and tore the grout out and regrouted it and sealed it and put a silicone caulk around it. And now the mold is coming back. Mm -hmm. And I wonder what could be causing this and what we can do to fix it. Sandy, what is behind the tile? What what was the tile stuck to? Um, we bought the, the special board the for the cement, moisture. Cement board? And we, yes, and then we put that, a coat of the paint on it, the rubberized paint. Okay, okay. Well, uh, here's kind of what's happening. Um, uh, there's tile grout and there's tile grout. That moisture is getting through the tile grout up on the top half of the shower. So moisture gets through it. What's happening is over the years, that, that moisture moves just like gravity does, so it can't come through that glazed tile face. Um, just like you, when you're wearing clothes, the outside of your clothes are dry, but perspiration next to your skin has moisture in it. Well, just like that with ceramic tile. So there's moisture behind that tile. First two, three, four, five years, no big deal because it'll tie, you know, it tends to dissipate and there's very little coming through that tile. The older that tile grout gets, the more moisture gets behind the tile. The reason you're seeing it down at the bottom is not because it's leaking at the bottom. It's because that's where gravity pushes it all. So if you think about, uh, you know, and this stuff happens in the soil around foundations, the gravity moves that moisture down behind that tile. And so the wettest part of the wall, even if you haven't showered for three days, will be the bottom three courses of ceramic tile. This is whether it's tile, this could be, I saw this at the Lincoln Center in Washington, D.C., the bottom two or three huge plates of marble, all were discolored and dark because the moisture went through that marble, hit the, the floor, the ground, the, the pavement, and it had no place to go, so it started coming straight through the face of that marble. Same with your tile. So you pulled out the bottom, you can pull out the bottom one, two, or three. Uh, the bottom line on this is to regrout the whole shower and at this point, I would do it with uh, what's called a, an epoxy grout, which is much less permeable. Uh, it's a pain in the neck to work with. It's only professionally installed. Uh, it will very much slow down. Um, but, you know, I mean, you're putting new, you're going to get real close to the cost of retiling this shower. But uh, I, I think you're getting moisture behind that tile. And keep in mind that membrane you put on that cement board or hardy board or whatever you did, that probably you have moisture behind that as well. It, it, uh, you're going to just kind of live with this for a while. If you really get tired of it, you're going to wind up tearing out all that tile and rebuilding the entire shower. It's just how good is good enough for you. Wow. You see what okay. I'm saying? It, it's kind of yeah. like I get wrinkles. Well, what's wrong? Nothing. 
you know, but I don't want to look at the wrinkles. Well, I don't want right, to look at the mold. Right. So the, the issue is the drying of the shower. If you could dry, if you could take a dehumidifier and stick it in that shower after everybody took a shower, now you'd have some, imp- now you'd have a different experience. Or you ran your vent fan in that bathroom for an hour, um, 90 minutes after there was a shower. If you dry out that bathroom and pull the moisture out through that tile, that's what will change your mold. The problem is, is you're probably not running the vent fan or you don't have a vent fan. But that we, we do run it. Do you? I, I, not for an hour. <laughs> well, you should. I mean, frankly, uh, typically in my house and, and standard issue at Mosby is we put 60-minute or 90-minute electronic vent fans on because there's no point having a fan if that puppy doesn't run a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so when you come home and you think, oh, I forgot to turn the vent fan on. Well, that shower is going to be, you have to open the doors to the shower, open the curtain to the shower. You've got to get some moving air in and out of that shower so the moisture gets carried out. And then the air conditioner picks it up and dries it out. But I I would probably say the error is not drying out the shower thoroughly. And when you get, you know, one, you know, I grew up in, you know, had, had one bathroom, one shower and six members of the family, our shower never dried out. And well, it, the thing is what we've done after, uh, after everyone showers, each, each shower, we completely uh, squeeze you off all the tile nice. in the shower. So it's not actually sitting on the tile. Yeah. Yeah. But I know it's still moisture in there. Yeah, and then, you know, if you have doors, uh, half-open doors all the time. But but it's the drying out, and it's getting older, too. I mean, you know, you sounds like you did it right, but that doesn't mean anything lasts forever. And, you know, yeah. Mother Nature's... Would you say that we could regrout? Um, will the grout that's there have to be taken out first? Totally. Totally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's pricey stuff, you know, where yeah. grout may cost 25 or $30. Epoxy grout is about $140. And you can't regrout the whole shower at one time. You can only do one wall at one time because it sets up fast. And once it starts setting, it's a chemical set. You've got like seven minutes to work this thing. You can't do a whole shower. So in terms of, you know, most shower guys and why that's the predominant uh, grout is, you know, you can grout a shower when it's ready to grout. You can be done in, you know, 60, 80 minutes, something like that. You do epoxy, you're there for four to five hours yeah you know what could we have done to prevent this from happening in the first instance um don't take i mean you're just wearing it out there there it doesn't sound like you could prevent it okay. you, you know it's like don't if you want to not wear out the house don't live in the house it's just been only three years that's why i wondered well it depends why. how if it's been wet all the time for three years imagine what your body would be like or your car would look like if it was wet for three years you know you'd have yeah. some interesting thing you know growing on yeah. that or think about the outside of the house on the north side the mold that grows on the north side siding you know that stuff that you see on your house or neighbor's houses True. I, I don't think there's anything wrong you're just getting water in there and it's not it's not drying it's not getting it away yeah okay you can stick a fan or a dehumidifier in there or run your vent fan longer, but uh, I think it's, uh, you know, if you did it the way you described it, you know, there's not a whole lot more you can do on that end. All right. Thanks, Scott. Uh, all right, Sandy. Uh, all you right. know, it's just called maintenance. Yeah. All right. Bye now. All right. Bye-bye. You know, and, and you know, to that point, uh, my wife and I were empty nesters, and we've got epoxy grout in the shower. You know, our shower's doing fine. Still needs to be recalked. You know, caulk doesn't last forever because that the moisture still comes down where the caulk sits on that tub or that shower base. 
And that's, you know, it'll, it, it, pre, it, it brings that caulk to an early life end or death. So the caulk needs to be recaulked every three to five years, you know, but, you know, I would, we are what I would consider light users. But, you know, when we had a f- house full of kids, man, you know, that shower was getting attention about every three to five years. So anyway, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120. Scott Mosby at your service. So much to talk about. Be right back for more on Camway. Welcome back to the Helitech Foundation Repair Home Improvement Show. Now, once again, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, back together, connecting questions with answers the best I can here at 314-436-7900. Let's get to the phone, see what's happening here with Paul. Hey, Paul, good morning. Welcome. How can I help, sir? How are you doing, Scott? I have a question about gutters. Uh-huh. I had new soffit, fascia, and gutter installed in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then for the leaf guard, I went with that new kind, the rolled kind with the round edges where the water is supposed to roll off into the gutter. You're familiar with that style. Kind of a right? hooded system that you added to an yeah. existing gutter? Yeah. Well, the new gutter, yes. All, all in and one piece or two pieces? Uh, the hooded leaf guard is all one piece, and then it, yeah. it uh, attached to the gutter. A uh, leaf guard doesn't have anything to attach to the gutter. It's all one piece. The other parts have an existing gutter, and then they, they clip or they go on top of an existing gutter, and it's a two-piece system. That's my question. Uh, well, uh, in terms of your language, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. It, okay. it's two pieces or one piece? Two-piece. I got, got the it. gutter, and then the leaf guard was screwed on the edges onto the gutter. Got it. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, with the heavy rain yesterday, uh, it was brought to my attention, and I noticed that between the fascia and the soffit, water was dripping down. Now, that shouldn't be. So I went up and looked this morning, and the leaf guard is tucked up underneath the shingles, which I understand it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but it's rather horizontal. And in some cases, it angles just a tad towards the shingles. So, Mike, I'm thinking that water is going back, dripping down behind the fascia and, the, and catching it to the soft, soffit because yes. water is backing up and that leaf guard is supposed to be slanted a little bit away from the house, not horizontal or towards the house. Right, right. Now, um, you're correct. Everything you're worried about, I think you've assessed pretty correctly, but leaf guard is not the unit you have. Leaf guard is a one piece. It doesn't tuck under shingles, and it doesn't screw to your roof shingles at all. It's a different... Yeah, but it's that kind you see advertised on TV. Right, Uh, right. And I'm agreeing with you on that. Pardon? I'm agreeing with it's an add-on piece that's causing some sort of a problem. Is we we are agreeing? Yes. yes. So the question is, if you're familiar with it, is it my thinking it should be slanted a little bit away from the the house so it doesn't back up under the shingle and then go back uh, down the uh, fascia and drip down between the fascia and the board of the house and yeah. come out at the joint of the soffit and the fascia. Yeah, I agree. There's an installation error or something in there. And and, and that's that's one of the biggest uh, uh, 
reasons or arguments that the LeafGuard brand system will say, we don't tuck anything under your shingles. It nails to the fascia of the house. Uh, and these the tuck-under things uh, on a very flat roof can cause problems like this. So uh, it's an installation correction that I believe needs to happen by whoever put these leaf hood things on. And there and there's and a bunch you, of them. There's a bunch of different and, types. And should I get rid of that and go with a, uh, a hole-type leaf guard so the water can flow into the gutter a lot easier and not back up? Uh, it's a better system. It's what I have on my house, but it's uh, very costly. So, I mean, if, if price is not an option, that's the way to do it. Because by the time you buy a new gutter, then you buy this hood thing, you've paid for about half of a LeafGuard brand product. So the, the objection to LeafGuard is that it's, it's expensive. Uh, the objection to the multi-piece things is that you, you're messing with existing systems like tucking it under your shingles. And, you know, if you have a flat roof, then you're creating a lump or bump on the roof, which it sounds like you have, which is causing, you know, water to go where it's not supposed to be, which is then, you know, eventually turns into rot problems. So, I mean, you're ready for a pro to come in here and fix that. Whoever installed this thing needs to come back and make it right, in my opinion. And so that two-piece uh, gutter leaf guard, that's not what you have at your house. You have the single uh, gutter leaf guard right. in, in its entirety, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so it does slant a little bit away from the house, though. It should not be parallel to the horizontal or slanting towards the house. Everything on your roof should be sloping to the ground. Before yeah. you get this installed and after you get this installed, everything, I mean, you just common sense, water runs downhill. If you have a bump or a dam or a lump on your roof, you know, it's going to run uphill until it finds another way. And, and that's what I think you're experiencing. Yeah, well, I, I was, what is your opinion? Because I'm going to be talking to them next week and, uh, you know, the job's not complete if it's leaking because it's not done right. So either they lower the gutters to give a right. little more ability to slope for that attached leaf guard unit, or we put in a different leaf uh, protection system. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, you don't need to know how this thing happens. You just need to know the water comes off your roof and goes where it's supposed to go. That's right. That's, so that's, I want a confirmation from you. Yeah, don't try and get too smart because you can't get smart enough to, to deal with these guys. You, you just need to know... You know, I want the water in my gutters. I want the gutters to carry the water away, and it's not supposed to drip behind my gutters. That's right. That is, you can master that instantly. It's just common sense. So, you know, stick to your guns, um, yeah. but, you know, why it's happening, leave to them. That That's up to them and their subcontractors, whatever, to work out. But the project isn't complete until that's corrected, correct? Right, right. Okay, well, thank you very much for your reinforcement. Okay, Paul, take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye now. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, KMOX. So many things to talk about, so little time. We've got some great callers. Hang the line here. We're going to have all sorts of fun when we come back. Oh, right. Bosco is so excited.